Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Irene Blog Talk Radio Show. With your host and creator, Minister Annie Bell, the founder and executive director of Wealth Management Ministries Incorporated. We are providing talk therapy to survivors of child abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas. Please enjoy the show. You And then 
uh, when they finish, they take them back to wherever their hometown is, and they are forced to go back on the street. So, um, th- so January being Sex Trafficking Awareness Month is is very apropos. We also wanted to get a jump on on a jump start on recognizing um, Sex Trafficking Awareness Month by bringing information about it and how to identify what is sex trafficking, what does it look like, who, does, who are the victims. Um, so, and also in January, we have a great lineup of guests and very informative topics around this heinous crime called sex trafficking. Anyway, let's get started. I want to um, always level the playing field a little bit and make sure that everybody knows uh, at least from where we're coming from. So, uh, let's define sex trafficking. It is a variety of, of tra- trafficking and of human trafficking. It is always involved with forced prostitution of women and children, okay? Um, not as many men, but boys and girls and, of course, women. Uh, sex trafficking is becoming the number one world Crime, and that is above drug trafficking and above gun trafficking. So we're looking at over 40 million adults and children who are bought and sold worldwide in commercial sex servitude, um, looking like about 2 million children. Let me give you some more statistics because this is going to kind of, again, blow your mind, but even the playing field so that when we're talking about how to recognize and identify sex trafficking, you're going to be able to see the, 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 uh, it's, it's true myriad, you know, it's true landscape. So 76% are women, but did you know that 20% are males? I mean, so 76% are females, 23% are males. Okay. Um, the other thing is we might think that this is happening to other nationalities, other nation, other uh, races, but 66% of sex traffic victims are white, are Caucasian. Um, that's a big number, and that's here in the United States. We're not talking about um, other, uh, other countries. And um, if you look at the black African-American, you're looking at 47%. Um, and so it's, it's really something, you know, to definite look at. There is obviously the Hispanics, and there, there really isn't a um, borderline, or it doesn't just affect one race or one nationality. Um, so now when we talk about ages, this is the part that really, really bothers me. Um, it is children as young as four, but there, there, ha- there have been documented cases of infants being sold into sex trafficking as well. And in the poverty-stricken countries, you're looking at children being sold for literally 15 to $20. These infants being sold. So they are raped at a young age. They are uh, conditioned uh, to become workers in the sex industry uh, at, a, at infancy. 
And so we're looking at 33% um, being 14 to 15-year-olds, 54% 16 to 17-year-olds. And if you uh, were on our show last week, you heard one of our survivors of sex trafficking, and she told us that for some reason, 15-year-olds are highly coveted as well as um, the ones that are, you know, 11 and 12-year-olds. So we're looking at about 10% of 12- and 13-year-olds who are being trafficked. Um, I hope that made your jaw drop because we want the shock factor. We want you to see that this is a pervasive problem across all demographics. Um, Any and everybody is at risk. Your child, your daughter, your son, you know, your niece, your nephew, your uh, mother, your, your, you know, they are at risk at becoming um, a victim. So joining us tonight again to aid in this conversation is our resident expert that I would like to call her, uh, Mrs. (laughs) Felicia Ingram. So welcome to the studio. Thank you, Annie. Thanks for having me again. It's a pleasure. Yes. To talk well, you know, to you you're going to be um, you're going to be on a couple more times because, like I said, we definitely enjoyed um, having you on last time, and you shared some great information. So I appreciate you spending the time. And you're in Connecticut, correct? I am. I am. Yeah. It's rather it's rather cold here. Um, yeah. Actually, it's going to be. It's going down to probably the 20s tonight, and I know the next couple of days it's going to be uh, the high Thursday and Friday supposed to be in the 20s. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I'm sitting here crying about the fact that we're, I think, 50 or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) We would love to have 50 (laughs) here. There's a reason why I moved to Hotlanta. Um, (laughs) So, anyway... Uh, I appreciate you. So we're going to have our, you know, we're going to kind of do this a little bit differently. We're just going to speak um, categorically and uh, not have too many just questions, but, you know, categorically speaking and, and sharing the information so that our listeners can have that. Um, I want to talk first about risk factors. And I do want to thank you, Felicia, for really uh, putting this together so we can uh, have a really fluid and robust conversation. So, Risk factors. Tell our listeners about you know some of the risk risk factors that we need to keep our eyes open for. Okay, this may be repeat of um, a couple of weeks ago because we covered the um, the survivors, but mm-hmm. um, some of the risk factors are uh, people that have suffered from poverty and or homelessness. Um, this can contribute to um, the person being vulnerable because uh, the the trafficker or a pimp will be able to more or less assess them as they see them. They're on mm-hmm. the street to be able to see that there's there's a need there that they don't have, you know, what what exactly it is that they that they need to survive. So that's a, a risk factor there. Um, someone who has had past or or a current abuse or trauma mm-hmm. um, and involvement in the child welfare system. Uh, the, anybody involved with the uh, Department of Child and Family Services, um, if they age out of the system, um, or even if they're part of the system, they're um, a person that's a trafficker or a pimp would more, more than likely be able to pick them out of a crowd. And, you know, 
couple things I wanted to add. Poverty, well, let's say this. Finances is the common vein, um, a thread that is shared. Uh, when there is a lack of uh, financial stability, the not only are our children and, and other vulnerable demographics subject to abuse, but they are also subject to exploitation. Um, like I said, a, a mother in Africa who feels that, hey, this child will have a better chance if I sold the, the baby and then I can take this $20 and feed the other kids. Um, that, to me, blows my mind. And so the demand side exploits it. The demand side, um, uh, because they want that flesh, and so the suppliers are looking for the supply. Um, so, you know, part of our endeavor at Wealth Management Ministries is to teach financial literacy so that there is more empowerment there. There is not a feeling of hopelessness. Um, that's one of the things that, and I believe we have to light the candle at both ends, teach that plus aid in the healing of those who, have, who, who are survivors um, so that there is no repeat. Uh, the other thing, you know, we talked about in, is re-multi-victimization. Uh, and that is when a person who has already endured trauma in the past, especially children, they are apt to um, have a feeling of helplessness. So they actually uh, uh, show, they can see, people can see that, especially those who are trying to look for prey. Um, and so when a situation arises where they feel like, okay, I'm in a, um, you know, a risky situation, they go into a helpless and hopeless mode. And so, which heightens the potentiality of them being re-victimized. And so I'm glad you brought that piece up as well. And, um, and of course, about the welfare system. You know, uh, horrendous. I even read an article uh, and posted it on Irene Facebook page where I believe they, can, they found charged like 200 people within the system who were exploiting their client population, which is our kids, um, and exploiting them in uh, pornography as well, the pornographic industry as well as sex trafficking. You know, it's about that time. I don't know why our time goes by so fast. I promise you, this 60 minutes during our show, it just goes so fast. I have to take a quick break. Um, so if everyone will just hold tight, we'll be right back with just a couple of uh, information and some station identification. Sadly, today, most of us know at least one person that suffers from addiction or substance abuse. Addiction does not discriminate. No age, gender, race, or classes of people are immune to the horrors of addiction. This epidemic has ruined families, claimed lives, and left loved ones devastated. Over 100 people die from overdoses daily, and over 20 million Americans suffer from some form of addiction. For this reason, author Lloyd H. Bell, Jr. has written the book Clean and Serene. The author is an addictions counselor and recovering addict of over 13 years. 
He knows and has first-hand experience of being caught in the grips of addiction. Clean and Serene provides experience, strength, and hope for the still-suffering addict. It can also be used as a tool in recovery. Whether it is used in a group setting or individually, this book was written to assist in the recovery process and encourage. Integrating inspirational, encouraging, and challenging scriptures, the author has provided a resource that is sure to change lives. If you or someone you know is battling with addiction, this book is for you. If you are in recovery, this is a great resource to add to your toolbox. If you are a group leader or addictions counselor, this is an awesome book for group therapy. Clean and Serene. Scriptural Meditations for Recovery is available nationwide in both ebook and print. Get your copy or a copy for some you know today from Amazon or Barnes & Noble Bookstore. For less than $10, you can potentially change the life of someone currently paying the high cost of living with an addiction. Welcome back to I Rain Blog Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bear. Again, welcome back to Irene Blog Talk Radio Show. I am Minister Annie Bell, and we are being powered by We Inspire Network Radio. Um, it is if you're interested in doing any kind of advertising for your church, your business, your organization, we are the one to advertise with. We are growing every day, and we have low advertising packages. So think about that. Well, I'll also make a quick announcement that t- tonight's show is our last last show of the year. Uh, we'll be back in January after the holidays. Uh, but during that time, we will be posting our past archived shows for your listening enjoyment and education. So I uh, just wanted to make that announcement. We are back with Miss Felicia Ingram talking about how to recognize sex trafficking. Um. So now, as far as let's talk about the recruitment strategies by traffickers, because the there's a there's a strategy now. This is a business, people. They and this and the business is very lucrative, and so um, they have a they have a whole lingo, and I'm gonna share some of that lingo with you. But let's talk about that, um, Felicia, about the um, some of the stra- uh, strategies that traffickers use. All right. Some of them are false promises, and they may promise you modeling or uh, a job that's a well-paying job. And a lot of people tend to fall into the into the trap of uh, believing that these things will occur. Those things you're gonna have to worry about. Uh, what happens is they also they groom a, a person as well. They you know promise them you know hair you know hair hair and makeup getting their nails and their their feet uh, manicured, buying clothes and food and a place to stay. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually would like to um, talk about something that I, that episode that I saw through a DVD, a DVD called Trick, E-R-I-C-K-E-D. And actually one of the segments uh, talked about a young lady who actually went to my alma mater in Boston, Northeastern University. 
Mm-hmm. And what happened to this young lady is she went to a party uh, where she thought other people were going to be attending. When she gets to the party, she finds out those friends were not there. So she ran into an older gentleman that was there. And what happened is the gentleman took her out to dinner. And then after that, he gave her, you know, he gave her a meal, gave her a nice thing. And before you know it, the guy had turned her into uh, prostitution. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean, just be very careful when you're meeting with people. You, know, you don't know what, what their ulterior motive might be. And also, you probably should see her vulnerability that she didn't know anybody um, and knew a way of finding his way in to get her. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, Another strategy... Um, newspapers and internet. The internet is a big contributor to um, to try and trapping uh, people as well. Mm-hmm. And also, That's very true. The, yes. And the, the another one is they have other people that are uh, that are in the business that try and coerce others to go into the business. You know, they they may be. It may uh, befriend a young person and say, well, gee, I have a great way for you to make money. So this is how they introduce them to the trafficker or the pimp. So that's mm-hmm. another way that the people uh, more than likely are not to see that this is coming. That's right. That's right. Now, the other thing that they also do is promise love and affection. Um, so you have boyfriends, uh, you know, quote, unquote, who will turn out their girlfriends. And um, we'll talk about some of the methodologies, but, you know, uh, not, but promising them to love them as they are and saying stuff like, hey, how beautiful they are or how smart and talented. Um, Those are some of the uh, strategies and tactics as well. And the sad thing to me is that we are raising children or, or, or girls to, in a way that there's such an absence of love from their family that just the mention of getting some love and affection from a stranger is that appealing. Um, that bothers me because the mother, the father should validate the, the, the daughter. Um, the mother should nurture the um the children, uh, and the father is also a mentor and, and validate the son as well. So if this is happening within the home, and I'm not saying we have to be perfect because the Lord knows none of us are, um, but they should feel that love, the genuine, unconditional love from, our, uh, from their parents first, which is also a representative of who God is. In the, in the eyes of children, um, parents are ambassadors of God, of Christ. And so um, if they are receiving that type of nurturing, that type of love at home first, they're, uh, they're going to also receive it within their spirit and know that the Heavenly Father loves them as well as their mother and father here on earth. So that when someone says, hey, baby, you know I'm going to love you, you know, I'm going to treat you well, I'm going to treat you good, I'm going to do this for you and do that for you, there should be something that says, well, that doesn't Mm -hmm. sound like, you know, it doesn't sound like my dad. Or, wait a minute, you know, I'm already loved. 
you know, um, because there has to be that, that love so that they can have the self-love. So uh, that's something that, you know, again, I wanted to make sure we pull out. Um, that grooming is very important because I'm going to tell you, they know how to talk to your kids. Uh, and so mm-hmm. you're going to need to get to learn how to talk to your children as well. Um, very important piece. You know, my daughter uh, and I, we almost have opposite personalities and love languages. Uh, I'm more of a gift and um, uh, service type love language. My daughter is, is um, uh, words of, of affirmation as well as tender touches. And so I have to learn her love language to be able to fill up her love tank as her mother. And, um, and same thing with uh, her, her dad, you know, um, we have to, we have to take the time to learn these children are, um, are ours to protect and to raise and to, um, you know, into, into not just good citizens, but good followers of Christ. Now, methods of control, that's another thing that we really need to talk about. And so, um, you know, what, what, what would you like to share about the methods that they use to control our, um, our victims, these victims? Yeah, I think this is probably one of the worst uh, things that, that I continue to hear as far as the debt bondage. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever uh, somebody is tricked into this, into this trade, they never seem to get from under. They may, you know, like I mentioned previously, they buy them all these things, and they say, "Okay, you owe me, owe me from this for this." Mm-hmm. So they they service so many customers a day, a week, what have you, but the debt never seems to get paid. First of all, right. they they don't pay them; they get little to nothing, mm-hmm. and then they begin to to charge them for everything. If they have a room, okay, I, I've paid for your room. Okay, I'm paying for your towels. I'm paying for your toiletries. I'm paying for everything in this room. So, so you really don't feel that anything is ever, you're ever out of debt. It just seems to be a continuing cycle. So I can't imagine what somebody feels when Mm -hmm. debt is never paid. So that's that's one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, If they have any kind of documents, you know, uh, a birth certificate or anything, a driver's license, anything that identifies, that identifies them, they take it from them. That's so right. that's one way that prevents them from, say, going to the authorities or going for help is they have nothing to identify who they are. Uh, so that's another thing. Um, physical harm, you know, if they feel you haven't uh, served a customer or, or they feel you, you know, you're hiding anything from them, they, they beat them. Uh, it's Social isolation. Say, for example, you just mentioned the boyfriend. Uh, in order to keep that person away from the family, uh, they may isolate them. They say that you know they you have a cell phone. I want you to pick up the cell phone every time it rings. So that's the type of isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, they get them hooked on drugs. Substance yeah. abuse is a, is a huge uh, problem with a lot of. Um, a lot of victims as well. They get hooked on drugs so that that they can continue to serve their clients or or knowing that they have to get a drug in order to to survive or to make it to the next day. If a person has a language, 
if the person has a language, you know, doesn't speak a uh, known language, they hear, obviously most people speak English, so if you come from another country um, and you only speak your language, you're not going to be able to have a voice for yourself to be able to talk to somebody. You know, should you, should you get rescued or should you run into somebody wanting to get help, you don't have a way to communicate with somebody, and that would, would prevent you from talking to somebody as well. Saying mm-hmm. that as long as they prevent you from speaking, you know, with English or so, then that's going to prevent you from, from getting help or getting out. That's right. That's right. You know, I wanted to add also the debt bondage. Um, it also is a snowball effect because if, for instance, trafficker A sells the victim to trafficker B for, let's say, whatever, five, fifteen thousand, whatever that they sell them, the um, the victim for, then trafficker B is going to make her pay off that debt for buying her. Mm-hmm. Well, first okay. of all, nobody told you to buy the girl in the first place, but that's not right. what we're talking about. I'm just saying. So, but but they're they're right. putting that debt and that on um you know on that victim, and which is so oh, it's crazy how they have that. And of course, yeah. then the other documents that they confiscate are passports, because if mm-hmm. you were brought in again from another country, whether you went from Africa to um, uh, Denmark. Uh, or, you know, they'll take your passport so that you can't flee the country. You can't, you know, identify who you are. And like you said, because of the linguistics barrier, you know, they may not be able to ask for help or to, you know, to be in a foreign country uh, mm-hmm. in and of itself is overwhelming. But to not speak the language and to not to know who to trust and what their culture is, I mean, that that is, again, another um you know, a component to that method of, of controlling them. And so those are um, really, really great, um, you know, things that you have brought up as well. I do, when we come back from our next break, I'm going to talk to you about the different types of pimps or traffickers, traffickers that are out there and some of the lingo that is used inside of the trafficking, um, commer- commercial sex trafficking industry. Give us two minutes. We'll be right back. Hello everybody, my name is Minister Annie Bell and I am the host of Irene's Blog Talk Radio Show where we endeavor to bring talk therapy to survivors of child abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas as well as being the vehicle by which we use to bring awareness and resources to the community to aid in the prevention of these abuses. IRAIN, which is a declarative acronym for the individual survivor. That means I. I identify myself as a survivor, no longer a victim. R. Reclaim my life. E. Excel at living. G. Grow in Christ. And N. Nurture myself and others. This declarative acronym has developed into a victorious lifestyle brand that empowers and aids in the healing journey of survivors of abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas. I have also written a book entitled, with the namesake, I Reign, 
A Survivor's Guide to Thrive, which is now available at Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. Pick up your copy of my book today and join me every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. here on We Inspire Network Radio, where together, through God, we win. If we endure, we will reign with Christ. Welcome back to I Rain Blog Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bell. Again, welcome back to the half hour mark of I Rain Blog Talk Radio Show. I'm, Ann, I'm Minister Annie Bell, and we are powered by We Inspire Network Radio, where together we win. Okay, well, as you know, we're one of the outreaches of Wealth Management Ministries, and um, we have just launched our virtual Christian counseling and um, coaching and counseling sessions. So if you're interested, please give us a call, and uh, we will definitely uh, get you in. Go to www.anniebellministries.com to schedule your uh, sessions. Hey, that would be great. Now we're back um, with Miss Felicia Ingram, and she is here to talk to us about recognizing sex trafficking and um, and how we can also help. Now, before we left off, I had promised that I'm going to give you some uh, lingo that you want to be aware of. Um, now, there is, as far as pimps are concerned, pimps are also in the sex trafficking industry, they're also called daddies. Um, so if you if you hear a, a person, um, especially a child, referring to someone as daddy, that that should kind of raise a little bit of an alarm. But uh, we have, there's someone called a finesse pimp. And that pimp or trafficker uh, entices the victims with smooth talking and false promises that uh, Felicia had mentioned earlier. There's also gorilla pimp, and the that pimp is uh, one who uses extreme force and brutality against those that he employs in their network. Um, this is a guy who will groom their victim their first night by having them raped gang raped by anywhere from four to ten men at that one that one eat that one night um, they will also inject narcotics in their veins whether it's cocaine heroin whatever have you to begin to uh, get that person addicted and um, and then of course they will also beat them up because they'll do a variation of all three of those sometimes they'll do it all that one night where um, they're getting beat, raped, and injected with uh, narcotics. And so the gorilla pimps, they're norm- that's normally their MO. You also have what's known as the Romeo pimp, and that's the pimp we're talking about who uh, entices their victims with promises of love and a relationship. So um, that is what we, you know, I wanted to kind of bring that up so that you have an idea because it's, there is a full language that is spoken in this in this industry in the United States and of course 
um, those that uh, other countries as well that speak English. Um, bottom is also the person who um, is the, the female under the control of a tra- trafficker, but who holds the leadership role. So that female, um, if they're called, you know, bottom, they actually are like the supervisor, if you want to call it. Um, and they, they have risen above the ranks. Uh, normally they themselves were trafficked and then uh, maybe men stopped wanting that person. So, you know, she's not going for high value anymore. So they just keep her to recruit other women and keep those women in control. They're also referred as bottom girl or bottom bitch. So, um, you know, those are the, the, the lingos. And I will get some more lingos out to you uh, during the show as it uh, fits whatever we're talking about, whatever um, category. We want to also then move into red flags. So, um, Felicia, tell us, uh, you know, what are they talking about when they say red flags? Uh, little things that you could um, recognize uh, if you see people that they don't have um, – a way to move around. If you notice that they're, say, for example, if you see them like hanging around, maybe a truck stop, they, they really don't have a way to move around. You just see them in one spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, either somebody's watching them or um, they just don't have a way to, to move around. Mm-hmm. Um, another red flag is uh, they, they don't seem to have a separate work or home life. Um, for example, you would never know that they were being trafficked. Say, for example, they're going to school um, or going home. There's no, you really don't see any any differentiation of the two. And that very well, the person very well can be trafficked without you even knowing that that's occurring. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, I actually have a friend that told me not too long ago that she recalled years ago when she was a teacher that she would see young girls. Um, changing into different clothes, and she never really knew what that was all about. But she believed they may have been trafficked. Mm-hmm. And that was that was that was many years ago. So that's what yeah. I mean, where you wouldn't know that 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 kind of thing is going on, going on. And I hear people around here thinking that that doesn't occur, but it very well could be happening. There's no way because they don't. Uh, when people are going through this, they, there's no one they can tell. They've been threatened that if they go. If they talk to the authorities or if they talk to somebody else, like, in the, you know, in the school or teacher, that the harm will come to themselves or their family. So they're, yes. they're very reluctant, and they really have them um, trained so that they, they believe that this will happen. Uh, yes. Again, possession of uh, personal documents, you know, holding on to uh, a passport or uh, any kind of identification. Uh, that's, if you were to ask somebody what kind of, uh, if they had any identification, they would more than likely say they didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's right. Uh, they're not able to communicate. Uh, or uh, a good example would be if they're, if they're with somebody and that person is doing off to off before, that's very, uh, that's something that you would probably say that would be kind of odd. That why, why is that person talking for them? Um, I gave an incident where 
say someone is going to a clinic and an older person is with them, uh, and the person is, is asking them questions, but somebody else is speaking for them. Mm-hmm. So many times what happens is they'll ask, they'll, they'll um, recognize something's going on, so they'll ask the older person to step outside. Um, yes. You know, for example, somebody's being examined. Well, you need to step outside so we can examine the person. You know, we can't have you in the room while the person's being examined. Mm-hmm. So somebody in, say, for example, healthcare, uh, that would be a red flag for somebody in healthcare to recognize that something is going on. Another, another, what happens a lot of times as well is uh, many of the traffickers or pimps. They'll brand or tattoo uh, the person uh, who's being trafficked. That's that's very prevalent. And I've even heard lately that they're um, inserting devices into people. Uh, Actually, that was on a recent um, Chicago Med episode where somebody actually had a device implanted in them. Uh, It was a tracking device. So that's even something that's new. Is that now they're inserting tracking devices and they're uh, in the people. I mean, they are high tech. Like I'm telling you guys, mm-hmm. this sex trafficking uh, industry is, they are literally seven to ten steps ahead of us. Because they've already right. been. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, physical. If you see, again, I'm going to use the healthcare. Um, as a as a red something a red flag that healthcare person and and many times the people in the healthcare industry aren't aware. You know, if somebody comes in like say with a you know, broken arm, a leg or other contusions on the body, uh, and the person is, Oh, you know, she's clumsy, she fell down the stairs, they're not likely to think anything of it. You know, they're likely to think, Okay, this is a child that's clumsy. They're not really gonna look at that too Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, something to identify with. So those are definitely um, cues that people should be looking for. Those are great red flags. And um, some of the, the branding, like you said, the tattooing, sometimes they use the, like a cattle brander, you know, yes. um, so, yes. it's not so that it's painful. Yes. And also for those who are not members of Irene, Stop Abuse and Abolish Sex Trafficking. I'm going to urge you to do so. We've, we've put up a lot of information. Felicia actually put up something about a nonprofit who helps um, those who have been branded or tattooed yeah. to help mm-hmm. them to kind of refurbish that into something different so that they don't have, the, the survivors don't have that constant reminder of, you know, John you know, whatever, John's property or whatever have you, um, or even their gang symbol and stuff like that. So please um, get on our, our uh, Facebook page so that you can have that information. I'll also be upload, uploading a lot of information, including the lingo, um, the uh, some of the things that we're, you know, doing and how to recognize it. Um, the other thing that we really have to, like you said, in our in the uh, medical industry, you know, with the nurses and everyone, they have to recognize the different types of um, red flags. But for us, for the layman, 
uh, one of the things that you can look for are any print marks uh, on print bruises. So, for instance, if it looks like there is a bruise on their neck, really there, no one should have a bruise going around their neck. Um, bruises in different places that it shouldn't be, or handprints on their body, you know, bruises of handprints, um, uh, something that might look like a belt, or if it looks like a, um, a cord, like a switch, you know, those are some other physical things that you can look for. Uh, obviously, if a lot of them are addicted, you can look for tracks on their arms and, you know, necks and different places, uh, that's another red flag as well. Um, you can find, we're going to, when we come back uh, in our last quarter hour, we're going to talk about the common places where you can find sex trafficking going on. So again, give us two minutes. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Minister Lloyd Bell, Jr., CEO of We Inspire Network Radio. God bless you, and I am Minister Annie Bell, the COO of We Inspire Network Radio. We had you, our listeners, in mind when we created We Inspire Network Radio, or as we like to call it, Win Radio. We incorporated your thoughts and opinions to ensure that our programming will embody true inspiration. And we will continue to bring relevant and heartfelt shows that cater to the needs and wants of our growing listener base. Please, subscribe to our network so that you can stay connected. Join us here every week where together, through God, we win. Welcome back to I Rain Block Up Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bell. Thank you again for staying with us. Welcome back to I Rain Block Talk Radio Show. I am Minister Annie Bell, and we are powered by Win Network Radio. Um, again, I want to issue a trigger warning. So if you are uh, triggered by anything we're talking about here, please don't hesitate to con- contact one of us. Um, so that we can help you. Also, of course, we're going to give you some uh, numbers tonight of where to call if you need someone immediately. And um, we also have prayer on Thursday night, at, uh, and you can call us on the prayer line, which is 530-881-1212, uh, access code 225-184-078. Tonight, we're talking about how do you recognize uh, sex trafficking, because it's it almost looks like prostitution. And um, although prostitution is legal, you know, it, it, is, it is something completely different. Prostitution is more so of someone, whether they're under the control of a pimp or not, but someone deciding to sell their bodies. Sex trafficking, whole nother ball game. They're being forced into this type of uh, life, and uh, some are being manipulated, others are being beaten, uh, some are being, you know, drugged up, so it's, it's truly heinous. Uh, in Europe, they actually, in 1999, and we're kind of far behind them in this area, but in Sweden, they passed a landmark legislation that decriminalizes the act of selling sex. 
but in turn criminalize the act of purchasing sex, hitting them right where the demand is. And I love that idea, and I wish that we can um, change some of our laws here so that we stop uh, arresting prostitutes and sex trafficking victims. Now they not only were they now having to um, uh, survive through their life with having this trauma of being trafficked, but now they have a, um, you know, a, a record. Uh, ridiculous. Why not hit where the demand is? Why not hit where the people are purchasing it? So because if the people stop purchasing it, guess what? If there's, there's no money to be made and traffickers will go away. They'll go find something else to do. So uh, welcome back, Miss uh, Felicia Ingram. And um, we're actually going to go into and talk about then uh, where can they spot? What are the common places to find sex trafficking going on? Um, uh, majors, the strip clubs and massage parlors. I think most people feel uh, that in strip clubs you would just find strippers. They have no idea that, that what's going on in, say, that back room or mm-hmm. uh, that might be the start. That might be the start of, of uh, starting as a stripper, but then it turns into um, victimizing the uh, the person. Uh, massage parlors is another place. No, it's another front, really. It's um, people are thinking they're coming in for that, but then other things are going on besides that. Mm-hmm. Or uh, brothels, hotels. Uh, many people don't realize all the traffic, and I'm just saying traffic in quotes that comes in and out. All the people you have no mm-hmm. idea uh, what's going on in a lot of these hotels. I think Connecticut. Well, they were trying to pass uh, a law about hourly rates. I can't recall right now whether or not that went through or not, but um, a hotel that, that charges an hourly rate is a red flag. Um, yeah. In many cases, it's mostly used for truck drivers or people just passing through, but it's also used as a way um, for prostitution uh, as well. So that's that's something that um, I know many places, many states around the country are working on that to um, to abolish that. Um, and I actually at uh, a particular symposium, they were talking about it, and they said you have to be kind of careful because if you have a say a, a man coming in with his daughter, you can't assume that that's going on. So it's kind of a shaky situation. But I know that they kind of put halt on it because a lot of the truck drivers were complaining that um, they need a place to stay maybe for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. So if you put that law into effect, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt them in many ways. So I know that something that they're still working on is trying to, to, uh, to stop, uh, stop the kind of thing going on uh, at hotels. Airport uh, is another place, and again, you have people coming in from other countries, and a lot of people, well, will have uh, people going from one side of the country or one state to another. So it's a, a red flag as well. And I, I don't know that maybe customs, somebody working in um, customs might, um, might find that find that kind of thing going on. Casino is another mm-hmm. place that was going on. 
uh, major highways such as I-95 where they can, uh, you know, have people go from one end of 95, like, you know, people from New York to Boston. That can happen many times in one day. So that's wow. a spot as well. Mm-hmm. stop is a major one as well. I mean, there's so much activities going in, you probably wouldn't be able to see it unless you were really monitoring the situation. And I know Truckers Against Trafficking is a is a wonderful organization that shares a lot of uh, information about what's going on with the trafficking. Um, they they're really a really great source about what's going on with that. Bars, you never know what's going on with bars. That's another place. Buses and train stations. This is a hot spot for uh, people that are running away. Uh, and there, there are people just waiting, uh, waiting in the corners of bus stations and train stations, waiting for people to come through. Mm-hmm. And also yes, somebody's, somebody's home as well. A lot of times, people from foreign countries will lure people, you know, to be nannies or, or something at somebody's home, and that's a, a, a great way for somebody to, to um, take somebody's passport or documents and and have them be a, a sex slave in somebody's house. So those are just a few uh, places that you would find sex trafficking. Sorry. And uh, you know the you have you had I think um, you had also mentioned uh, places of worship where a church yeah. was yeah. conducting a sex trafficking ring right out of the out of that the edifice. And um, you know. I guess a better question would be where is sex trafficking not happening? Um, because you, the list here is immense. Just just about mm-hmm. everywhere except Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, it's just like what? There's so much going on. There's also something um, called uh, Kids Row. I'm sorry, Kitty Stroll. And that is sex trafficking lingo for an area known for prostitution that features younger victims. And so if you ever hear that, that is what they're talking about. And, um, you know, hotels, we we definitely need to uh, educate the the entire hotel staff, especially those in the front desk and housekeeping, um, because they're going to notice it more. We have about six minutes left, so I I do want to talk about – um, the signs of sex trafficking, as well as some, give out some resources. So um, let's hop to that real quick. Um, the signs of sex trafficking. Now, does a person appear to be dis- appear to be disconnected from family, friends, or community organizations, or houses of worship? Has mm-hmm. a child stopped attending school? Has the person had a sudden or dramatic change in behavior? Is the juvenile engaged in commercial sex acts? Is the person disoriented or confused or showing signs of mental or physical abuse? Does the person have bruises in various stages of healing? Is the person fearful, timid, or submissive? Does the person show signs of having been denied food, water, sleep, or medical care? Is the person often in the company of someone that he or she refers to or someone who seems to be in control of the situation? Were they 
they go or who they talk to. Does the person appear to be coached on what to say? I think I mentioned mm-hmm. that earlier. Mm-hmm. Is the person living in, stu- in unsuitable living conditions? Does the person place personal pos- personal possessions and appear not to have a stable living situation? Does the person have freedom of movement? I mentioned that before. Can the person mm-hmm. freely live where they leave? Where they live? Mm-hmm. Are they unreasonable? Are there unreasonable security measures? Those are good. Um, also, what you want to look for is less appropriately dressed um, than before. So, if you see a person who used mm-hmm. to dress appropriately for school now coming in not dressed that way, that's a sign. If there is more sexual behavior, they're uh, more enticing, more tempt, you know, tempting or seductive. Um, if they start bragging about having lots of money, uh, wearing expensive clothes all of a sudden or accessories and shoes, that's something that you want to look at. Is their boyfriend older? Uh, is, is it a 14-year-old dating a 21, 25, 20, 35-year-old person that is something that you want to um, look for? Um, are they friends with a different – are they now – are there new friends um, with a different lifestyle? Um, do they talk about wild parties or even sh- started to show signs of gang affiliation? Now, one of the things that you also want to look for in when you're looking at their boyfriend or so-called uh, boyfriend, quote-unquote, uh, their their trafficker or pimp, they're going to act real jealous and controlling and even violent. So that's uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when when you're looking at the victim and the possible tracker uh, trafficker. Uh, the victim won't make eye contact. Now this is something that you uh, want to be careful of. They won't even make eye contact to um, other people of authority, especially men, because they're taught not to look them in the eye. Um, they get slapped down. They get the, they'll get slapped down for looking, the, you know, making eye contact. Um, because if you make eye contact with another pimp, then that pimp will say, okay, well, she want me. And so they can, like, take them. Um, and so another thing is, does that, does that trafficker or person make them feel responsible for financial stability? A lot of times they're putting them out in the street so that they can have something to eat or food or, you know, a uh, place to live. And so um, when they're turning their girlfriends out, they're putting that type of responsibility on them. Uh, I want to talk about resources real quick. We got about a minute and a half. Um, Felicia, you have you have some uh, resources that you would like to talk about? Oh yeah, there's a wonderful DVD out called In Plain Sight. Mm-hmm. This is a documentary produced by a gentleman by the name of David Trotter, T R O T T T E R. You can find that DVD on uh, Amazon. And this is an excellent documentary because it talks about um, about trafficking going on in areas you wouldn't even think right okay. around your That's neighborhood. Great. Mm-hmm. Another um, resource is, again, I, I mentioned this DVD called Tricks. That's mm-hmm. actually you probably see it on YouTube as well. Uh, there's another one, audio book called Backyard. As a, as a survivor of uh, sex trafficking. So these, right. these are just a few resources that I think would be a big help to a lot of people to get a more understanding 
of sex trafficking and what to look for. Okay, great. And also for those, again, become our uh, friends or a member on, on Facebook, Irene, Stop Abuse and Fight, uh, excuse me, Stop Abuse and Abolish Sex Trafficking, Cypress Christian Community Center in Texas. They are doing an event to help uh, stop sex trafficking during the Super Bowl. Um, if you look down at our uh, advertisement, you'll see more of that information. Pol- Polaris is also another um, area that you can contact, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, one 872 I also want to give the uh, National Runaway Switchboard, 1-800-RUNAWAY. Felicia, I want to thank you for being on the show with us, um, and we are out of time. But I will thank course, you, start with You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, With our wisdom to reign, be your child's first number one fan, their loudest cheerleader, the greatest encourager, and the truest believer. Um, To connect with me, go to www.wealthmngt.org or anniebellministries.com, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. You can find me everywhere, so please look for me. (laughs) And don't forget to pick up my book, I Reign, A Survivor's Guide to Thrive. Let's reign together with Christ. See you next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Good night, everybody. Night. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.